And good morning. Welcome to yet another edition of the Northland Sports Page. It's Brian Prudhomme. It's Dave Cook. It is the eve of the season opener for the Minnesota Vikings. This is a weekend, Dave Cook, where I hope everybody likes football. But I have to start with us because we did a game on this station last night. Duluth then fell with the home victory over Grand Rapids. We're going to go to the Gopher game after the show today. And then I know I'll be tuning into the Viking game tomorrow. I don't know if you're going to be turning over a new leaf and doing that, but it's a football-centric type of weekend. Uh, we have a family celebration on Sunday. Everybody's wow, that's gonna taking the Vikings seriously, yeah. Well, we're doing a baby shower. so ah. Oh, but wait a minute. We haven't had a chance to pipe in on names for the child. Vikings game, we're going to have all kinds of ideas. So let's see. Is it going to be Kevin, Quasey, Victor, the Viking? No. Yeah, the stuffed Ziggy? An- the Ziggy stuffed would be a guy. new one. Yeah, the stuffed animal. Yes, those are called mascots. The muscle guy, the referee. Ragnar. You're going to go with Ragnar? No. Oh, Ed Hockley. Ed. Well, because <laughs> well, Hockley would be a mouthful. Well, but we've seen worse. Yes. <laughs> well, but their last name starts with an H. You don't want to go Hockley, whatever the last name is, it starts with an H. You don't do that. So, so I'm giving yeah. you inventive ideas for your Sunday. Yes, we're going to, and, and I think we're going to put a, make a board, and we'll have to make a baby board name. Well, speaking of board, I hope you don't get bored today because it'll be an indictment on me because you are spending almost all of your Saturday with me today. We will go from the studio here in downtown Duluth to Gophers, Eastern Michigan, which I hope goes a lot easier for PJ and company than Gophers, Nebraska did. Uh, if it doesn't, that means they took them easy, and and that's... Always my fear when a team who is good, not great, plays a team that they should handle. Sometimes you look at those. They play North Carolina next week. Right. Which is a big game. They can't overlook this team. They're going to go into North Carolina one-on-one. Absolutely. So are are we dubbing this a trap game? Because I don't feel like Eastern Michigan should be. They were good last year, but the entire crop of kids that made them good last year are gone. You know what they call this game? Bowling Green. So we have to be super, super careful. We have to play our football game. We need to win by 25. We can't win by four because, oh, no, it's fourth quarter. We're down by three. We have to do something. Or maybe Dave has picked up sports betting as a hobby because the Gophers are minus 20. And I know I've taught Dave that means that they are favored by 20. He is now familiar with the plus minuses in the betting world. So, yes, a win by 25 would help you if that's your bet today. Well, the win by 25 would just help my psyche. There you like, go. That's, you know, I, there's a reason I don't do this sort of stuff, Brian. If it's a close game, I'm going to be like, oh, man, why am I here? Well, if you're I should psyche, go wash dishes or something. I was going to say, <laughs> if your psyche is why you don't do this, it's my wallet why I don't normally do this. But we'll have a lot of fun today. Speaking of improving your psyche, how about the western half of the city of Duluth last night? Because they had a big event oh. for their new stadium. And then what would make it even sweeter? A big victory. They got it. I'm going to say what I said in the radio a half a dozen times last last night. You know what was different last night over the last decade? They're mentally tough. Like, there were so many opportunities for them to crack last night. They didn't get any of their extra points, right? They, they scored four times. They should have been up by, you know, they should have been up by eight. Instead, they're up by three. Um, Eric Wolfold has them heading in a direction that's good. I was going to say, he is Mr. Hunter Pride. He has basically had that morph into his team. We talk about teams take coaches' identities on. I think Denfeld's done it. I th- I think you're right. I think there were many times where the word for Denfeld could have been faith. They had faith in each other, right? I knew you were going to do your job, so I get to just do my job. And again, Brian, it, often in the past, if we just said Denfeld won, it's because something fluky. They beat Grand Rapids last night. They were a better football team last night. The, and, and truthfully, uh, the young Pulliam 
uh, guy. KJ Pulliam, yeah. Yep. He, by himself, put two balls down that he could have caught. And it's not his fault. I mean, they're high school kids, right? And the one thing that we said is that he needed to be more aggressive and go getting the football. And he finished the game with an interception by going and getting a football. That type of growth in a in just one game, we saw growth from him. Uh, and if that happens and they start believing in themselves, right. they could upset a few teams and, and have a season for the ages. Well, and I think eventually you have to get rid of the word upset because I hope for Duluth Denfeld that they start to change their expectations about what their football season should be like. And I've said this, you know, a dozen times since last year because they beat Duluth East at Duluth East. Signature win last season. Felt but, a little fluky. But everywhere it was plan the parade, Denfeld won a football game. Well, they're 2-0 and this year. Either you're going to have a lot of parades or you're going to start expecting to win. If you want to do both, more power to you. But I choose option B. Well, and, and again, Grand Rapids is not Pine City, right? Grand Rapids is a football team with history and, every, and Denfeld – beat them. Denfeld didn't just win. Now here, I thought you did that on purpose because that's Denfeld's third opponent. They'll play Pine oh, City next week. I, I did not. So I was they think- should be staring 3-0 and right in the face. I was thinking about the scores last night and didn't want to take a shot at Carlton. Um, but the um, um, Denfeld has an opportunity because I think the region is down a little bit to make this a uh, one of those years that they got six or seven, right? Absolutely, they do. Speaking of victories last night, Duluth East got one. They are one and one. Hermantown got one. They are two and oh. Cloquet falls to 0-2, Proctor falls to 0-2, Hibbing falls to 0-2. You get a battle of 0-2 next week on these airwaves. It'll be you and Tim Roweeder Hibbing at Proctor. You know, the funny thing is, and we talk about this a lot, um, two bad teams can have a good game, right? And I think that's what we're going to see. Two young teams that don't have a ton of size and don't have a ton of numbers going up against each other. But, I mean, you know my affinity for the quarterback middle linebacker for Proctor. I certainly hope that he shows up and makes and makes a difference because this is the type of game that he needs to shine. That's close circuit to Zach McPhee if he's listening. He's got a big weekend next weekend. I consider Friday nights to be part of the weekend. I know it is for me. And Friday night next week, Dave Cook will be on these airwaves. I will not. I'll be at Duluth East doing public address for the next couple of weeks. So get used to Dave Cook and Team Row Eater in combination. You guys will be Team Row Eater. Tim Row Eater, Dave Cook. Yeah, no, and I'm, I'm going to try a little bit of play-by-play. Now, please... Give me you are. Some, yeah, I'm not. Gonna, I didn't know that. Have you told Tim that? I have not told okay. Tim. Now knows. Okay, um, but I'm not. I don't want to be the play-by-play guy, right? I want to dabble in it, maybe towards the end of the game or in the third quarter or something, just to see how it fits. Because my issues as a human being are dangerous, and when you get into a play-by-play uh, of of a football game, and so well, I I'll tell you this right on, but I'm not sure it's going to work. You can send me a thank you note because I set the bar for play-by-play on these airwaves pretty low. I disagree with that, Brian, because when you say, you know, so-and-so the quarterback, I'm going to say, you know, number 10, the guy that I was in class at, uh, you know, in, during rail time two years ago who asked really good questions as a quarterback. Okay, that's how I think. Don't go any further because the game is Friday night, and I don't want people to have that many days to remind themselves to tune out if that's what you're going <laughs> no, to do. that's why Row Eater is going to do most of it. <laughs> All right, so it'll be Hibbing at Proctor next week. Our high school football coverage continues. We're so happy to do that. Yeah. College football, we talked about the Gophers. UMD is on the road today. St. Scholastica is on the road today. Next Saturday, CSS will open up at Denfeld's new stadium, Walt Hunting Stadium at Marv Heikenden Field. Yes, and the word field is the important one there because the sign that they have up is awesome where it talks about Heikenden Field, but field is written like, what's that word? It's a good thing we know the sport, right? So we know that they're referring to the field, but the rest of it's really good. And the fan support they had last night, 
I mean, if you're a Denfeld, again, I, I know we're trying to go away, but if you're a Denfeld But you're not fan, letting me. No, not this time. Because when they, so they did the, fo- the field name change. They filled the building and then they beat Rapids. It's a really good start to the season. Fill the stadium again next week or a week after or whenever you're back. Absolutely. It is a very good start right, to so the football season for Duluth Denfeld. But I was trying to climb the football ladder because we started with high school. I went to college. Dave went back to high school. He must have dropped out at some point. But I was trying to climb the ladder because there's going to be a lot of NFL football yeah. talked on this show today because the NFC North already has a leader. We talk about the Vikings more than any other team for good reason. This is your radio home for Vikings football. We are the hardest of hardcore Viking fans, but the NFC North already has a leader. Do you want to start talking a little bit about the Detroit Lions, or do we dive head on into what we think the Purple will be like this season? Well, I think I think we should start and spend most of our time on the Vikings. If we if we get to a spot where we just have to skip some stones and to, and to talk about the other teams real surfacey, that's fine. But let's talk about our team. All right. So the Minnesota Vikings. We know that the schedule is more difficult. Mm-hmm. We know that the offense lost two key components with Delvin Cook and Adam Thielen. We know that the offense is also the strength of this team. You have said many times it's possible that they could play better football than a season ago and win three, four, maybe more, fewer games than they did the season previous. Yep. This is going to be a really interesting team. This is one of the first seasons where I feel like I follow this team very, very, very closely. Yet I look at this roster, and I know the offense because I focus on where the talent is. I look at the defense and go, which one of this group are they going to try to plug and play, and can they make a play? So this isn't breaking news that the defense is a giant question mark, but they both are question marks. Just the offense, you think you know a little bit more about what you have. The defense, I shrug my shoulders and hope. Yeah, you know, it is. If you think about the defense, the defense is a little like Mike Tyson, not in his first five fights, right? When people started to figure out that he was going to attack, 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 and if they were able to withstand it, uh, they were going to be okay. Well, this defense is going to attack, attack, attack. And so there's going to be games where we turn quarterbacks over three and four times. We get sack upon sack upon sack. And there's going to be games where we go out and give up 40 because that team has decided that what we need to do is find Andrew Booth and throw the football that way. Our our cornerback depth is ridiculous. Well, so, and you could take the word cornerback out of there. The number one fear for me is everybody is a key injury away from being a very different football team. And usually QB1 is the position that everybody circles. And that's fair. That's you know, that's for honest of every football right. team. But the Vikings are a key injury away at any position from going, wow, that position is in a world of hurt. In, on the defensive side, who's the most important person? It should be Daniil Hunter. I'm not sure it isn't Harrison Smith because of the young kids back in the secondary with him. See, I think it's Harrison Smith, but with this caveat, the deepest position besides wide receiver on this team is safety. I think Harrison Smith is only most in important. number. No, I think in talent. I think their safety room is really good. I think the Jay Ward kid is going to be really good. Metellus just got paid. Um, they got the the special teams guy who just hasn't played football at this level. He let him let him learn a little bit. Bynum is an NFL safety, um, but this defense, in my opinion, this defense is wrapped around the skills of Harrison Smith. Well, and the other reason that the safety could be the most blessed position is because unfortunately, or fortunately, because we'll see how Brian Flores utilizes them, they've got a linebacking core that really should be safeties. Yeah, they do. They have Hicks, and then they have a bunch of strong safeties. I, I agree with you. Well, and I want to talk to PA about the pronunciation of what was Brian Osamoa a year ago, 
But this week on PA's awesome. show, and he joins us at 11.05, it's Awesome Wah. Yeah. The Judd Zolgad went over to talk to him, and, and uh, Awesome Wah kind of walked away from him, because Judd's kind of tough, you know, and he goes, no, no, I only want to know how to pronounce your last name. And so Awesome Wah is what he said, so we'll go with that. So that makes it interesting, because I wonder if Dave Cook was just ahead of his time, and how many last names that you've kind of given your own version of did you turn out to actually be right on? Because Awesome Wah has been out there for about a year and a half. Yeah, and not, it finally got corrected. Not very many, but I'll take one. I got to take a win every so often. Absolutely. But the Vikings, they need to take a win too. And you look at that schedule, and I don't want to overemphasize week one. I just don't. But when you look at this schedule, especially the short week to Philadelphia that follows, I can't imagine what this team will be feeling like if they go 0-1 with a loss tomorrow. Now, there are some challenges with Tampa Bay. But you look at this schedule on paper, and it's one that you go, we got to get that one because it gets so much tougher. But we just talked about the abyss that is our secondary. Baker's not good. I don't care how much you like the guy. Baker's not a good quarterback. But if he's got time to be a quarterback, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, et cetera, they are good. They can make a bad secondary look worse. I think the Vikings win tomorrow, but I know it's football season because I'm already optimally concerned, if that makes sense. Yeah, and, and again, I have more faith in Baker, and everybody knows that. Um, he was good when he had players, and then when he didn't have players and got hurt the following year, he wasn't any good. And then he goes to teams, you know, Carolina had nobody, right? And so. Well, then, the upside but, is he's had several weeks to learn the playbook because Baker's at his best when he has two days. He had the one good game with the Rams last right, year. Right, and that's what I was going to say. You put yeah. him around some talent, and, and he's pretty good. And the other thing is that team in Tampa is not going to be his team. Their coach is a tough guy, and that's his team first. So Baker just needs to work within a system. Anyway, Baker hasn't proven anything besides the fact I like him. But you're right. Their their strength, their wide receiver strength, is our glaring weakness. We're super excited about Byron Murphy Jr. He's a slot guy from Arizona. We I was going to say, mean, he's, he's are the we excited most because he's talented, or are yes. we excited because he's the most talented within our group? Correct. I think there's some of the first – there's most, I mean, we're putting him in the check mark. He's an NFL cornerback. We're good to go. <sighs> okay. But I think that's at a, at, that's stretching it a bit. He's a good cornerback. Is he a number one? I don't know. We haven't seen it. So we're some 15 minutes into the show and we haven't touched on the offense because that's kind of what we think is going to be a gimme because it's going to have to be. How much pressure is there for that team to score almost at will, yes. for Alexander Madison to prove that Delvin Cook was no different than he is, for Addison or Osborne to prove that everybody who thought 19, Adam Thielen, was aging, who has to prove that that's true? Because Adam Thielen may have been aging, may have been underutilized, may have been both, but was still a very professional route runner and receiver. We have no idea if Jordan Addison will be that. I think K.J. Osborne had a coming-out season last season, but... I think if the Vikings 100% thought that, Jordan Addison's not here. I disagree with that. Addison brings a different thing. Like we were talking about in the car yesterday. If you think about... Is he going to be Percy 2.0? Because people want him to be. People not, not within the organization. Percy, people fan-wise want him to get those touches. Percy was 210 pounds. And right, but in terms of being the gadgety yeah, wide receiver yeah, that lines up wherever. I, I don't think so. I think, per, I think that Addison is too small. But if you think about how they flood... That offense runs a flood. You'll have Oliver who who can button hook close. You're going to have Hawkinson at about nine, ten yards. You're going to have KJ Osborne when it's time for a big catch. That's the one thing he is really good at. Uh, you'll have Jefferson doing his thing, and you can run Addison down the field. 
you've really got the defense at four different levels. All right, so TJ Hawkinson has a big contract. Yep. Does that help or hurt this season? Because you don't have chip on shoulder to get paid because you already got paid, but you're also not angry. And apparently a lot of money can cure every year infection and back trouble that exists. Right. So does TJ Hawkinson go off or does he take a step back because he wasn't part of much of training camp, whether the injuries were real or the injury was actually to his wallet? What kind of expectations for T-Hawk this season? I think that he should. The expectation is he's your number two wide receiver. You know, he's he takes Thielen's uh, number of snaps and, and targets. He had a lot of targets, but I think he needs to be the number two guy this year. And at that point, I mean, Addison, our hope for Addison should be that at the beginning of the season, he's kind of eye candy, and they have to make, pay attention to him. But by midway through, he's you know part of the heart and soul of the offense. And until then, that needs to be Hawkinson. All right. So speaking of number two, in terms of wide receiver, you think it's going to be the tight end position. I'm concerned about number two in the jersey number, Me which too. is Alexander Madison. I am much higher on him than you are, but that bar was set low by you. You're not a big Alexander Madison guy. My theory is Kevin O'Connell's not necessarily a big conventional usage of a running back guy. But this is a passing league that benefits from a good run game, but by how much? What do you expect in the backfield? I don't think it's going to be very committee-driven. I know Ty Chandler's there. I get it. And I know Miles Gaskin is now there. But I just don't think we're going to see much committee in terms of running the ball. You might see running backs with the ball in their hands, but through the air. So we're going to have to change our mind on what running back looks like because of what what does it mean? Do we just say backfield member? Yeah, because a running back by committee means you don't have a running back, right? And that's fine. If that's how you want to run your offense, it makes sense that it makes sense to do that. But it also means we can't say, you know, this really rides on Alexander Madison because Matt Asiata is, is now your starting running back again. He's going to get you three yards, whether you need one or 19. The, the interesting guy for me here is Chandler. Because Chandler's decent sized, he's got good hands, he's fast. We saw him in the in the preseason. Granted, it's preseason, show a little bit of wiggle as well. I mean, he he could be the guy that gets the most snaps because he can do the most things. But I think the the scat back guy they got from Miami, um, Miles Gaskin, yes, could also really impact this because now he is the kind of back that the offense passing offense could use. So there's so much excitement, so much build up to week one of the NFL season. We are in an interesting spot as a show here on the Northland sports page, Brian Prudhomme, Dave cook in the sense that by the time we take to the air again, the Vikings will have played twice. They play tomorrow against the bucks at home. They play Thursday night at Philadelphia. To me, that screams one and one, but I hope I'm wrong, but I hope I'm wrong in the sense of two and O because there's people out there that go, yeah, it could scream. Oh, and two just as easily the short week. Do you like it that early? Or do you wish it was later in the season? I wish Philadelphia was later in the season. Like I don't know if I do or not. I so, I think if they're a well-oiled machine by October, November, I'll be glad to be done with them. So here's my thought about this. For I'm worried about Sunday. Like I think that all of us fans, and I hope not the players. I, I that it won't be the players, but all of the fans are like. And by the way, if you're worried, it just makes you an experienced Vikings fan. It means you're in mid-season form. No, we unless tre- you're worried about the name for the baby shower, that's different. <laughs> we we treat Baker like he is he is awful, and he's not awful. He's been injured, and when he hasn't been injured and has players, he's been okay. Well, and I don't think it helps that a he's replacing Tom Brady, and uh, b he won a quarterback competition against Kyle Trask, which I had to emphasize the K because it should be Kyle Trash. Um, I, 
I just think he. We got to remember he's a professional quarterback, right. right? And if we go and ole this team, he can beat us with the talented wide receiver. I'm worried about that. The Philly game. That's the first time Kevin O'Connell was flat out embarrassed. Right. Um, and Kirk looked very skittish again, and he had been controlled Kirk most he, of last season. He did, and they couldn't get the ball to anybody, and our defense played what looked like on the edges of well, everything. And also Irv Smith was one of Philadelphia's best players. At least he's not our problem this and, season. And so I, th- if they went 1-1 one and, one, and it was 0-1 oh and 1-1, one and one and one, I, I wouldn't be terribly surprised. I think the Vikings are going to be cranked up for Philly. If they went 1-1 one and one and they did it in that order, I'll have no idea what to make of this team. Yep, I will put the identity of this team similar to the Minnesota Twins and say, well, then they can't play bad teams. And when a good team shows up, they're going to be really good. That would bode well for this schedule because it's full of good teams. It, it is. I, I really like Philly, right? The, the thing, if I'm a Philly fan, I'm worried about is that purely they embarrassed Minnesota. And we, we don't know what our head coach is going to be like on a game where, where they were taken to the woodshed in front of, in front of the country and now our defense hopefully isn't shredded like Donatell's was. And that was the first time we saw that defense and went, oh, my God, what are we doing? Does it still scare you at all? And I think I've said it since the day he put ink on paper that the biggest acquisition for this defense, and I realized Davenport came over from the Saints, you know, Murphy from the Cardinals, but the biggest transaction defensively was getting Brian Flores here to run the show. Mm-hmm. And we've talked to Vincey Glenn. I think we talked to Chad Greenway. I think we talked to anybody who would listen, Paul Owen, of course, and said, how much impact does a D coordinator really make? And some people are over the moon about it, whether or not they work for the Vikings may play a factor. And Vincey Glenn, who's you know been out of the game for three decades, said, still up to the players on the field to execute. Obviously, that's true. But where's your excitement level for Brian Flores? To me, it's high because I finally get to see it when it matters. But to me, it's also kind of waffling because... I don't understand the personnel he's working with and what can they do? Well, and I see you and I have talked about this on the air. The thing about football is if you change your scheme, you're still playing with the old players. And what he's got right now is he has a bunch of safety or a bunch of players that can play zone real well. He plays an attacking defense. It's why they turned over so many. Harrison Smith's the key to this. Like Harrison Smith is an attacking football player. Um, I think that... They're not good. They're, I think watching Vikings defense this year is going to be fun. Now, there's going to be time that we're ticked off. Well, I was going to say, let gave. me ask you this. With what you've described, is the Viking defense going to be a fingernail away from getting a loss of eight? And when they don't, it's going to be a gain of 30. Is that going to be the coin flip on almost every down? could be. I think the Vikings are going to be really high in the turnover. I think they're going to, I think they're going to be really high in the turnover uh, ratio. I think that the, the offense protects the ball pretty well. I think the defense is going to ball hawk. The problem is what you said. So you've intercepted them twice, but you gave up four touchdowns. That's going to be the question uh, for this fight, and it, and it's all about the cornerbacks. It's why Byron Murphy, I have to hold my breath that he is as good as we think, because we've got concussion guy on the other side. We got we got the kid from USC who. Led, I'm assuming by concussion guy you mean a Caleb Evans. Yes. I'm going to see if I can play password with you here and get it off the clue. We got the kid from USC who held on to everybody like it was a baby ball. That's Makai Blackman, I think. We got Booth Jr., who I was super excited about, who is, I'm afraid, is a soft zone player who was hurt during a soft zone who doesn't belong in this. We've got the we've got the great big middle linebacker guy from from. Uh, uh, New New England, who can play um, a little bit of man on man, but he's got half the speed. Williams, and then Joe Juan, right? 
I don't think so. I think he got put on the practice squad, but oh, continue. Anyways, uh, and then we got special teams ace guy. And I don't know what we expect. I think Jay Ward is going to play cornerback uh, as much as anybody else. Scares me to death that we have a guy we're hopeful for, a guy who could be really good who's been hurt already in his career, and stuff, right? Well, that's just it. The defense is kids and a decent movie that I saw years ago or the kids are going to be all right. And that's kind of going to be the hope for the Viking season or maybe the movie itself was the kids are all right. But either way, you get the tenor of the Vikings defensively. Where does this team go if they do start 0-2? Because, you know, I've talked to people who have said, well, you got to get the Tampa game because nobody thinks you're getting the Philly game. What if you get neither one? I know that there's 15 games left, and I know that that has to be the mindset. But 0-2 is going to look like an eyesore. What would be the cause of that? Like, I don't th- I don't think that the defense is going to cost them um, the Philly game. I think the defense will be up and hair and fangs bared for Philly. Um I mean, if if you're right, if they're 0 2, the panic meter is going to be pretty high. And where's the finger going to start at? I, I, if they're 0 2. The middle two, one. Oh, wait, different question. If they're 0 2, the finger is going to start at the cornerback spot. If we can't cover anybody, I mean, Davenport and Hunter, and I mean, they may as well run the racetrack package the entire game because if the running, I mean, the middle linebacker guy can, can defend the run, the. The, if you put Tonga in the middle, they can defend the run up the middle. So the rest of the guys need to be pass rushers because if their cornerbacks can't cover everybody, you better get the ball out of the quarterback's hands. Absolutely. I even think tomorrow with the size mismatch with Evans and Godwin against you know the lollipop guild that is our secondary, you've got to get Baker at least off his spot, even yeah. if you're not in his lap all day long. The other side of the coin, i got to go to this because we're a minute and a half away from going to Dave Hoops at 1030, and he's going to be the ultimate positivity. Our two guests today are going to probably spin it exactly the opposite direction of what we've just done because PA loves the purple. So do we, but we have our guard up constantly. And Dave Hoops can tell you Super Bowl homeboy every year during this preview show. So what if they're 2-0? and How giddy is this team going to be? And is that tough schedule hopefully not going to allow the knowledgeable fans to get ahead of themselves? Because I think 2-0 and is going to turn into, you know, this is the year because there's going to be somebody out there that does that every year. Yeah. But I think this is a season where every game is going to be a grind because the schedule just looks that way. I, I agree with you. But if they're 2-0, and they deserve a little bit of, of pat on the back. It'll be interesting how they got there, right? If Cousins plays the way I think, you know what? Well, and I think that's what we have to address. Let's talk best case scenario. It's Kirk yeah. having a clean pocket because if the interior line can hold up, I know that there are fans out there that don't want to hear or accept this, but Kirk is a good quarterback. He is more than quality that can win you games. I want you to think about Kirk this way. This will be the first time in his career he's had the same play caller two years in a row. Now, so we've seen what he can do. And again, Kirk's been the bane of my existence as well because he lacks the clutch gene until last year. But now you're going with the same play caller. So now instead of having to relearn a playbook, you're able to hone the playbook. It'll be really interesting to see what they can do with experience. I think that, so this is going to sound a little weird. I think the entire season might might land on Ezra Cleveland. because Or Ed Ingram. Pick a guard. Well, but see, I think Ingram, Like I said, the T-Wolves and Vikings seasons might come down to the same thing. Can your guards play enough? I think Bradbury, who has gotten better, can help Ingram. But he can't help them both. And Cleveland is the veteran. He needs to play better in order to keep Kirk upright. I think that's the biggest red flag with the Vikings, not necessarily those two, but the fact that 
even though there's very much a new school attitude in football, the way that you seem to still win is the old school in the trenches. Yep. The Vikings are the weakest in the middle of both lines, Correct. offense and defense. Correct. So if games need to be won that way, it could be a long season. If they know more than we do, which they definitely should, could be a great season. Yeah, if, if again, and these are, I keep saying the word if, right? If the guards are better than they were last year, they're going to look pretty good. Uh, if they are just who they are, and Ezra Cleveland's been around long enough that he might just be who he is, it could ruin some things. Well, that's the fun of the date of this show. Everybody except for Detroit and Kansas City still sits at zero and zero. So we can say if, 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 because you never know what's going to happen. I'll yeah. tell you this. If you don't like football, this is not going to be the show for you. This is our NFL preview episode. We are the Northland Sports Page. We get some help from Dave Hoops next. I'm Brian Prudhomme. He's Dave Cook. Stick around. We'll be right back. Little Rocky Mountain High. We're back on the Northland Sports Page. Now, why in the world do we be playing that song? We haven't talked about the Broncos yet. We might in this segment because our next guest, although he's more of a main sponsor, is a fan of the Broncos, but he's also in Denver. Dave Hoops joins us in just a moment. He is one of our illustrious sponsors. Dave Cook, you have the list. Absolutely. Let's start with OAR Holdings. Krause Heating and Cooling, your carrier HVAC authorized dealer in northeastern Minnesota. Advantage Emblem and Screen Printing, Sammy's Pizza, the Blackwoods Group, including their locations on London Road in Proctor and Two Harbors at Blackwater Downtown and Tavern on the Hill up by the colleges. Avenue 45, Mount Royal Bottle Shop, Stewart's Bike Sports and Trophies, Pier B Resort, Kohler Toyota, Kohler Hyundai, um, Arola Architecture Studio, and Hoops Brewing. Brian, I had a business meeting on Wednesday, and we were trying to figure out where we were going to meet. You know what we did? We went down to Hoops. Nice. We ordered a little pizza luce um, because of the gluten-free bit, right? Um, We had big tables that we could work off of. We were able to do presentation work. It was fantastic. What a great spot for a... A, a lunch meeting plus the root beer is, is is dark and has a big head. People think I'm drinking stout. I feel like I belong. I was going to say, that's Dave Cook with a suntan, dark with a big head. But that is the root beer at Hoops <laughs> Brewing for sure. And they do provide a great venue for a number of things. And I love when people work together business-wise. And Hoops Brewing and Mount Royal Bottle Shop do that Saturday here with the Northland Sports page. 10% off Hoops products at Mount Royal Bottle Shop. Absolutely. If you're going to take a run, take the run today. Absolutely. And then Wine Wednesdays at Mount Royal Bottle Shop. We hope that it's a winning Wednesday after the Vikings tomorrow, but 10% off their wine selections as well. Hopefully nobody's whining on time for two more tomorrow after the Vikings game. Yeah. Well, you know what? We can win. Somebody will be. Yeah. Yeah. Kirk could go 30 for 40 with 450 yards and four touchdowns, and they would talk about the 10 incompletions for at least 10 minutes. Remember, super excited people tend not to call. People that are fussy do. Absolutely, but that's sometimes why Minnesota sports talk shows 100%. succeed, and yep. we are one of them, and I'll tell you what, the backbone of our show is Mr. Dave Hoops. He's back again. He is in Denver. He is a tremendous judge of good beer. Why? Because he provides our community with a lot, but he is literally a tremendous judge of good beer. Dave Hoops, first, good morning. Second, tell everybody what you're doing in uh, Rocky Mountain High, Denver, Colorado. Uh, good morning, guys. Uh Thanks for having me. Every year we have the, the national beer championships called the Great American Beer Festival, uh, which takes place in downtown Denver. Uh, me and about 250 of my friends judge about 10,000 beers beforehand to give away gold, silver, and bronze medals during this event, which are more or less like Academy Awards in Brewing. So it's uh, six solid days of eight hours. Judging. Sounds fun, but trust me, it's a bit of work and focus and 
So I'm happy to think about sports, and there's some really good sports today, too, so this should be fun. There absolutely is, and normally we're so good at you know broadening the spectrum of sport upon sport upon sport, but of course this weekend we're very football-focused. It's kind of our NFL preview show. We talked about the Vikings at length during the opening topic. We talked about best-case scenario, worst-case scenario. Players were intrigued by, both for the positive and the negative, but when it comes to Dave Hoops, I expect an awful lot of positives, so I'm going to put it on a tee for you here. Tomorrow, the season opens. Tell me the positivity to look for on Sunday afternoon. Uh, well, the win. That's, there you go. That's what I wanted to hear first. God love you. Keep, please keep going. Well, you know, we've got a pretty good record in uh, home openers, and um, there's a lot to look forward to as far as uh, the season. You know, Detroit's win the other day is just going to make them be louder. You know, the others, all of them. But um, I think that uh, I, I'm going to go 27-20 with, for a victory. Kurt's probably good for three. And I think Madison, um, you guys were going back and forth. He's a better receiver than Dalvin. And um, I like that TJ comment. But I think he's going to catch four or five balls that are going to make a difference and um, maybe solidify himself to the naysayers. A little. I, I do think he's a very good pass catcher. I'm curious if he's got the home run ability that Delvin Cook did, or if it's even needed because the offense is going to be different. I do like that Alexander Madison gets a chance to be RB1 for this team. I do think he deserves that opportunity. Dave Hoops, I know you and I are a little bit higher on him than Dave Cook, who's been shaking his head side to side ever since we've been talking positively no, about Madison. I said yes when you said he deserved the opportunity. Like he does. He's been he's been uh, you know a great employee. Give him the shot, 100%. But I think it's going to pay dividends, but I also think you're going to see a different wrinkle from Kevin O'Connell, rather than I've got a top-tier running back like he had in Delvin Cook, so let me go to him as frequently as possible. I think we're going to see KOC get a little more inventive. Do you think that's fair? I, I do think it's fair, and I think your comments about um, the other running back, Chandler, were, were valid. Um, and I love the uh, TJ as our second receiver idea. I don't think that the money thing is really even worth talking about, but Somebody has to make Kelsey at least look over his shoulder. And uh, we have a passing offense that is outstanding. Um, and I do think everything you said in the beginning was really solid about Addison, uh, about um, um, KJ, everything. You guys, you're hitting it perfectly today. Tee it up. We're certainly trying to because 0-0 zero and zero is the most difficult time to try to project what this team is going to do. But at the same time, it's the easiest because you can't be wrong. But I want to talk a little bit more about a team that has played a game. He talked about the Lions' victory on Thursday. Now, just on paper, going into Arrowhead, opening night for the defending Super Bowl champs, and stealing that game is gigantic. Take nothing away from him. But you do have to factor in. Now, Mike Tirico went too far, I think, with the asterisk piece that he said on the air. But you do have to factor in that Travis Kelsey wasn't there. Chris Jones wasn't there. Kadarius Tony was dropping the ball like David Kahn did with Timberwolves draft picks. Are the Lions that good, or did we just see two teams that looked like they hadn't played a regular season game yet? Because I thought both teams kind of left me shrugging my shoulders. Uh, the Lions are plenty good, and it's going to take some effort to beat them. I think they're probably good for 10 wins this year, and Vikes are probably going to beat KC as well. But KC should have won that game. I'm not going to talk about Kelsey. He wasn't on the field, but... <laughs> Mahomes had every opportunity on that two minutes, you know, two and a half minutes or whatever, and his guys just couldn't catch the ball. 
again, I'm not going to take anything against it away from Detroit either. They, they've been terrible, and, you know, Barry Sanders never got his due or what he deserved. Even right. I love it. But I was going to say, gonna, I feel like this season is for the likes of Barry Sanders and Kelvin Johnson, Detroit legends that didn't get a fair shot because of the rest of the team. They are drinking the proverbial Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid. Go ahead. No, you're 100% right, and uh, nothing against them. But I picked the Vikings to win, and that's just the way it is. They're going to win the division. People will be upset for all kinds of different reasons. I think Detroit's plenty good, and I think they might be a little bit fun to watch. But, um, you know, Chicago is uh, every week. I imagine we're going to talk about this. So, um, no, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid. And Casey's going to be plenty good, and they're probably going to win the division maybe. We'll see. So I want to ask you one more thing specific to the Lions and Chiefs game, because I know you're a sports watcher, and I know you're somewhat of a broadcast critic. I certainly am being in the business in my own right. But the only thing about Kansas City losing and Detroit winning that I enjoyed, because as a fan of a division rival, being a Vikings fan, I didn't want Detroit to win the game. But the only thing that I enjoyed about the Lions winning is Chris Collinsworth and his level of worship has shifted. It was Aaron Rodgers at the top. Now it might be Patrick Mahomes. And I'll tell you this, Patrick Mahomes is incredible. But Chris Collinsworth giving war and peace after every play about Patrick Mahomes and then seeing the Chiefs lose at least made me laugh a little. I don't know how Chris Collinsworth continues to have a, I won't say have a job, but have a role on the NBC's football broadcast, wow. the way that he handles the analysis of certain players. <laughs> That's really well said. Uh, you know, he... he probably thinks he wants to be Dickie V or something. And right. Of course nobody I think that's that. fair. Yeah. He just talks too much and you know, um, it's, it's fine. I, I don't really dislike him that badly, but I tune him out and you know, I don't need to hear about Pat Mahomes. I have plenty of my own feelings about him and I like the guy a lot, but you're a hundred percent right. And maybe somebody's going to say something to him because He's kind of a loose cannon with that, and it's like broken record, broken record. Absolutely. It is very interesting. I probably should have given Dave Cook the question because on high school football coverage, you are my analyst. And I talk too much. Analysts tend to talk a lot. Does it make you more comfortable the more you speak? Because week one for him, too, is he just getting revved up? I think the answer is no, because in week 17, we're still going to hear that much dribble out of Chris Collinsworth's mouth. Now, do you have a ton of... NFC North related questions for Dave Hoops today. No, but I want to, I do want to throw, well, kind of, I want to throw this uh, comparison out to you. So we used to talk about Green Bay with Rodgers. Their biggest problem was, is they never got him receivers, right? He's always throwing to a guy who was good or was a hopeful good some, and they brought him in. Are, is Mahomes close to that right now? I mean, with Kelsey gone, if you look at his receivers, they're just a bunch of guys. And Mahomes is Mahomes is good enough to win a lot of games, but could the lack of receiving talent bite them in the playoffs? Because none of their guys were any good. Well, I think it could, and Dave Hoops, I'm going to segue this to you because you're kind of our fantasy football guru too. And there aren't that many times for me that fantasy football and regular football overlap that much. Now, I know the game is still the same, but we know it's different things that you're looking for. But when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs, Year over year over year for the last half decade, they have probably been the best team in football. Have they won it every year? No. But on paper, could they have? Yes. But when it comes to fantasy football, if you don't get Mahomes or Kelsey, you're not pining for a ton of other Kansas City Chiefs. And all of a sudden, we saw that on the field on Thursday night. Yeah, that, that's correct. Uh, I, I do think that Sky Moore is, is probably somebody that is 
most likely flying under the radar. And, you know, he's going to make everybody around him good. So, um, you know, Tony, that was a, that was an anomaly. The Kansas City Chiefs are sure hoping so. If Kadarius Tony has that issue for the rest of the year, Troy Williamson's on line one and says, I'm ready to go back into the NFL because that's what it looked like. But speaking of the NFL and questions, we got a lot of questions surrounding a lot of teams, but Dave Cook, you always have good questions for Dave Hoops. Well, I'm going to try to do a little beer-centric here since that's where... I thought maybe you were going to have us compare each team in the North to a beer. I was ready for that. Nope, we're not. But guys... One of the things that so I went and bought some beer for Mr. Patosha last last um, week, and he he said he wanted fairy beer, and fairy beer is a is a Nebraska thing, and I didn't know anything about it. But then I opened a I opened a cooler, and there's a a can that was decorated like what I thought maybe a fairy scene would be, and sure enough, so like a boat? Are we talking like Tinkerbell? No, Tinkerbell. Okay. Um, and so my question is this. What makes good art on a can? Dave Oops, I got to cheat. I'm actually going to cut in front of you because you've got the best artist that I know. Chris Monroe makes good art on a can of beer. I'm done. Go ahead. Well, that's a really great statement. It's the artist, okay? And uh, breweries are trying to one-up each other with, frankly, silly names and sometimes um, unrecognizable art in some cases. But in other cases, they set up themselves with an artist who has not only great talent, but has a vision and has kind of a certain personal vibe that works with that brewery. And you just mentioned Chris, and I am so proud that she works with us at exclusively She's amazing. in the beer world. Yeah. And, and I, so there's a number of that have done a great job. Surly is a brewery that I think I should call out. They're, they're artists and they use more than one, but they all have that kind of, you know, uh, we're badass and, uh, sorry. And, you know, we, we just, they, they do really, really good work with their stuff in their cans, especially their yearly, uh, darkness, their stout is, they're outstanding. Take a look at that. Uh, so the next question, we're Dave's taste testing beers today. I don't know if you knew that, Brian. I did. He's so, judging. So here's a question, guys. I don't know anything about this. So bottles or cans when you're working with, with beer, um, when, and Dave, when you're testing beers, would you rather drink them out of a can or out of a bottle? I know the draft is probably the best answer, but if those are your two options. Well, when, when, we're, test, when we're judging, they come to the table in, in clear glass uh, containers that, you know, because it's blind tasting, but always can, always. Uh, beer is in much better shape when it comes out of a can. No light can get in there. No air can get in there. Uh, it's definitely the better way to go. I'm thrilled that that's kind of the standard now in, in beer drinking. You're right about draft beer. It's outstanding as long as the lines are clean. But um, can first every time. Wow. So that was a learning experience for me because I really wasn't sure. I was going to say cans because every time I go to hoops and take something with me to go, I get the crowler, which is obviously the giant can. I think, Dave, you've told me it's the equivalent to basically two beers. My only caveat was, Back in my prime bar-going days, and judge me accordingly as to when those started and ended, people have different answers for that, but I took a bottle for mobility reasons. I had an easier time lugging a bottle around than I did a can, but as far as the taste and well, everything Dave Hoops just said, yeah, give me the can, absolutely. Outstanding. So the last question I have, we're going to go off the beer train now. We're going to go back to football. What, gentlemen, is one nagging question, the one question that's just kind of picking at the back of your brain for your favorite teams? 
<laughs> and Dave, I, I did say teams, I, so you could go with whomever. Yeah, no, no, I'm going to go with the Vikings, and I'm going to ask you if we can uh, make field goals. That's way too easy. That's always a good question, though. Kicker du jour doesn't matter. Everybody looks away when they line up for any kind of kick, field goal, extra point, what have you. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I really do think that, um, you know, we weren't that terrible last year. And um, so special teams, specifically our kickers, that's what I'm most worried about. I think my most nagging question for my favorite team, and then can I throw a bonus one in for my least favorite team? I'm going to spin it the different way, though. My other question that's nagging is for my least favorite team. For my favorite team, it's take Daniil Hunter out of the equation. I'm glad they didn't have to. I'm glad the contract is done at least for one season. But outside of him, the pass rush on this team is going to come from where? I'm very concerned as to who the answer is going to be if there is an answer for that question. For my least favorite team, the nagging question I have is, what if Jordan Love is really the next in line of unbelievable Green Bay quarterbacks? Because I'm tired of it. I want them to struggle at that position because we did for how long? Yeah, right. So I have two, Brian. The one that the one that bugs me is the the kind of hey, you know what? Chris Tonga is going to be fine. He has played at an NFL level for about five games, and so we are banking on we have a nose tackle, and if we don't have a nose tackle. That center of our defense is awful. The, the question outside of the Vikings is hard knocks. Are the Jets as good as they seem, or is hard knocks the reason everybody's excited? Well, and that's kind of a Twitter poll that I want to run because I wanted to ask listeners out there, what team has the biggest hype train right now? Oh, that's easy. <laughs> is it the Lions because of what they had going into the season and now what they've already done? Is it the Jets because every big name on the planet has gone to the Big Apple and there you go? Is it the Bears because people believe that Mr. Fields is a second coming? I'm going to have a lot about this in the next segment. Or is it somebody else? Dave Hoops, do you have a thought on that? I think that's a, a great pool, uh, Paul, uh, very much so. I, I think the Jets defense should be looked at as something uh, worthy. I think that's what's going to um, be the difference maker for them. I think even if Aaron Rodgers struggles to learn that system or come together with cohesiveness with this group, the defense is going to keep him in games. Oh, absolutely. I don't think they're going to win their um, I think maybe you should also put KC on there in that poll just because there's no hype involved, but are they going to remain right. the Kings? Are they going to be you know, the standard more or less? No, I think that's a great question, too, and that question only got bigger starting 0-1. So, Dave Hoops, we're going to close the segment let you get back to a judgment day down in Denver there. Oh, nice. But I'm going to ask you for three things. I want an NFC North division winner, I want an NFC winner, and I want an AFC winner. So, basically, you don't have to disclose your Super Bowl champion today unless you want to, but I want who wins the Vikings division and then who's playing each other in the Super Bowl. Oh, that's great. Okay. Uh, well, the Vikings win the division. That's what I mean. If All you right. don't think that, then stop rooting for them. Right. I was going to say, if you don't think that, okay. the show's over. Uh, AFC, um, I really like uh, the Chargers this year, um, which is not going to shock you either. No. How's that? Yeah, there you go. There's my pick. And I, by the way, I did pick, I put Nevedev in the finals in this year's uh, match tomorrow, too. So. 
So Very I've nice. The U.S. Open is coming to a close. That always coincides with opening weekend of the NFL. Speaking of the weekend, Northlanders, spend your weekend down at Hoops Brewing. Dave Hoops, have fun in Denver this weekend. Safe travels coming back. Thanks, guys. Um, Going to enjoy the second half of your show. Have a good day. Thanks, Dave. Absolutely, you as well. That's our guy, Dave Hoops. He checks in from Denver. That guy is so worldly traveled, but always has time for us. I want to know, and I'm going to ask him someday, if you're testing a beer all day long, if you're sampling beer all day long, do the last beers get the advantage because you've been drinking beer all day, or are the first ones the one that get the best votes? That's a good question. I hope I live long enough to be able to try that and let you know myself. <laughs> we are the Northland Sports Page. Brian Prudhomme, Dave Cook. Buy or sell is next. Stick around. We'll be right back. Little Queen with the help of David Bowie under pressure as we get to buy or sell here in our NFL preview show. Which team is under the most pressure in the NFC North? I'll start with that. It's not a buy or sell question. It's an open-ended question. I The most pressure? I think it's it depends on how you look at it. I was going to say, is it the Vikings as the defending champ? Is it the Lions as the hype train? Is it the Packers as tradition? Or is it the Bears with the number one pick basically squawking about how improved they're going to be? Now they have to go be that way. No, nah, it's Detroit. Detroit has, you know, I picked Detroit as the team three years ago because I said they're building something. They're going to be really good. They're here now, right? And I think they haven't been here in so long that I think they have the most. Like Detroit fans got to be like Twins fans, right? Okay, when's the wheels falling off here? But Detroit fans, do they feel pressure among themselves? Because I feel like nationwide they can't. Because everybody's going to go, well, if they fold, it's the Lions. I mean, I know it's a mothership line. But most of the nation, I said this last night during the Denfeld game, because it's not unlike the Northland comparison. People assume they aren't good, and they aren't willing to accept when they are good. So if this team in the Lions turns out to be not good, I feel like most people outside of Lions fans are going to go, yeah, so? No, I think nationally they're seen as a team that's at that precipice. And we talked about it last night, and in last night's game, we'll talk about it over and over again today, and that is, can they handle prosperity? That's the thing, though. I still feel like it depends on how you define pressure, because if they fail, people are just going to go, well, the Lions are still the Lions. Maybe casual fans, but I think fans that watch football will go, oh my, that's not what we expected. Then with that said, I'm more casual than I thought I was. Buy or sell today has a different twist. Instead of the four major sports leagues, it is going to be the four NFC North teams. So we are going to play buy or sell with the Bears, the Lions, Green Bay, and the Vikings. And Dave Cook, you get the honor of determining the order in which you want to play today. We're going to play our team last. Um, so let's guess. Let's start with the Bears. All right. The I like Bears. how you did that Saturday Night Live-esque. Very well done. George Went, Mike Myers would be very proud of you. Bears 74, Packers negative three. But buy or sell for the Bears so basically everything rides on Justin Fields, even if you look at Bears social media pages that are positive. We know how important QB1 is to every NFL team, but the Bears really seem to want to live or die with Justin Fields. Buy or sell this. Justin Fields is an MVP caliber quarterback or just an NFL MVP caliber fantasy quarterback? This year or yes. as a rule? I don't care about oh, going he's, forward. He's not a... He's not the guy uh, for the actual season. I, I don't think he's either. I'm going to sell that. I don't think he's the guy for fantasy either. He is so dependent on Moore and Claypool that if if they turn out just if you can if you can box in one of the receivers and Claypool turns into the guy that Pittsburgh got rid of, right? He's not. I mean, he's not Jalen Hurts. He, he can't make. He can run the football, but Hurts does more than run the football. 
and we haven't seen Fields be able to orchestrate an offense. So ask me, tell me I'm wrong in week 12, but I don't think I'm wrong. I don't buy either of those. Right, I'm going to sell both as well, and I can't tell if it's because I'm annoyed with the amount of hype that I've heard about Justin Fields and the eye test, I just don't see him passing that. I look at it as he'd be a heck of a bullpen pitcher because he throws the slider down and away way too well. That's not good if you're a wide receiver. But at the same time, I don't know if I'm also annoyed by it because it's a division rival that you know some pundits are picking ahead of us, and I don't know why. Do you want a, in a, in a comparison for me? It's a little bakery, right? Because I think Baker has got all this talent, but he's never really had anybody around him. Justin Fields hasn't done anything. Well, the other thing, too, is a reality threshold, and it kind of piggybacks off what you're just saying. This team had the number one pick for a reason last year. Now, you could say that it's because Lovey Smith and Houston mismanaged the end of their game and it vaulted Chicago to number one. But they were even in the running because this team was bad, with Justin Fields playing fairly well, certainly making a leap from the season before. People, I think, need to understand that for this team to be better could certainly be going from three wins to six or seven. The people that are saying that they're going to go from three to 12, I just don't see it because the Bears have two of the better receivers that they've had over the past several years. That is not a good statement for those two wide receivers. It's an indictment on what Bears receiving cores have looked like over the years. DJ Moore was not great in Carolina. Chase Claypool was run out of Pittsburgh. These might turn out to be great guys. That's what you can say when they're 0-0, zero and zero, but they sure don't look like it. How about this? The most important guy for the Bears isn't Fields. It's Terrell Edmonds. Uh, they've got themselves a middle linebacker, the best middle linebacker since Erlacher. And so he might make a bigger difference in Fields. How about that? Well, I'll tell you this. I think Justin Fields is going to miss having David Montgomery as well. He's in a different team in the division with the Lions. I know Justin Fields is essentially a running game on his own, but a quarterback that's still learning the ropes can benefit from a decent run game. I'm not sure the Bears are going to have it. Speaking of, let's go to Detroit. All right, so the Lions are next, and we've touched on this because everybody's talking about it because it's the one football game that's already been played. Now, I again will say that I thought Mike Tirico, as much as I worship him as a tremendous play-by-play guy, I thought he was unfair at the end of the game when he said, you know, the Lions have won, but some victories get an asterisk because Travis Kelsey wasn't here. Chris Jones wasn't here. Kadarius Toney was probably the best player for the Lions. Oh, by the way, he plays for the Chiefs. But I'm going to spin it this way. Buy or sell that the Lions impressed you on Thursday night. Buy. I think, and, and it might not be for the reason that you think, because Mahomes did have a chance to win this. That Lions defense, considering who they're playing, I thought played pretty well. Aiden Hutchins is going to be my pick for defensive MVP of the NFC. Just so you know, I, that kid can do everything at 6'8 or 6'7 or whatever he is. Whatever it is, he's a tremendous talent. They have a good defensive line. They have pretty good linebackers. Our secondary is solid. Um, I think that Tariko is ridiculous because I think Detroit went ahead. And yeah, I think Kansas he was a little City. bit out of line, but at the same time, there's some validity to it. Nobody's going to say, well, you know, that's why they won or why they lost. But we know it's a different game when arguably the second or third best players on the Chiefs are there. But I'm going to buy that they impressed me and the Lions did because we just talked about where games are won on both lines. Yep. Both lines for the Lions, try that 10 times fast, were very, very good. Now, Dan Campbell, everybody's going to start a love affair with him again because he's Mr. Kneecap and he's fiery and he's Emotional. into the game and the players seem to like him. Dan Campbell was stupid on Thursday. I'm just going to yeah, say it. They got away with stuff. With they? just under three minutes to go, fourth and two at the middle of the field. We just talked about how well that defense had done against Pat Mahomes. And I guess that's why you go for it. But you're only up by one point. Mm-hmm. You gave the Chiefs the ball with needing 25 yards to beat you. 
in the very first play after not converting, Kadarius Toney had those 25 yards in his hand. That made no sense to me. But it was equally as shocking that as dumb as I thought Dan Campbell was being, Andy Reid said, well, I'll tell you what, I'm going to have fourth and 25 at my own 20, and I'm going to be dumber than you. Yeah, no, Two well-respected coaches really failed me. I I agree. And and the one they got away with is the fake punt in the first quarter. Like, people will call that gutsy or other words that mean the same thing. Uh, If they don't convert, Kansas City might blow them out. Right. And so... The thing about Dan Campbell, we talked about this last year, emotional coaches are a problem because when things are going really good, they're like a supercharger, right? I was going to say. When things go bad and the emotions start getting to them, they can wreck a season. He's going to be a riverboat gambler. I'm just glad he's not in Minnesota. I don't think this fan base could handle that. Oh my gosh, I can't imagine. I was going to say, I need a cardiologist for my games anyway. If Dan Campbell was our coach, I would have a difficult time. You'd be like, Dave, how do you watch these again? All right, so the Green Bay Packers. I already let the cat out of the bag with this because you asked, what's a nagging question? And I said, well, for my least favorite team, I've got one. So buy or sell, that Jordan Love is just the next in line of otherworldly Green Bay Packer quarterbacks. (laughs) I'm going to sell only because we've seen him play bad in one regular season game and we've seen about six drives in in preseason i don't know um and so i'm gonna tell you no he's got rookie receivers he's got a decent offensive line he's got a decent running attack but rogers orchestrated and he love isn't going to be an orchestrator right he's he's going to be not unlike kirk cousins was a couple three four years ago he's going to be a passenger and so i don't know enough to say yes so i'm gonna say no so you're selling I am selling. I'm going to buy, and it has nothing to do with Jordan Love or the Green Bay Packers. I'm going to buy very selfishly because it has everything to do with me. I'm always convinced that the sports gods don't like me at all. (laughs) And nothing would make me more angry than to see the Green Bay Packers be blessed at the quarterback position for another decade and just, you know, rattle off 11, 12 wins per year, no matter how weak they are at other spots, because their quarterback can keep them in every game. I've been dealing with that basically since 1994. All of us that are not Packer fans are waiting for that proverbial shoot a drop of what's it like to actually struggle or have a quarterback that doesn't get it or a quarterback that can't pull the proverbial rabbit out of his you-know-where. So I just don't think as a Viking fan I'm supposed to have anything good happen to me in professional football, so I'm buying for that reason. Well, I can tell you that there's Green Bay Packer fans that are listening to the show that are like, oh, you guys are so envious. Yes. Yes. Yes, we are. Absolutely, we are. (laughs) You know... You guys wish you were good enough where you didn't have to cheer against us. Yep, yeah, sure yep. do. That's 100% correct. All right, so I didn't leave enough time because we got to get to PA, but real quick, buy or sell on the Vikes. We've had a caller call in on time for two more a couple of weeks back who declared rather adamantly that Justin Jefferson goes for 2,000 yards this season. Buy or sell that Justin Jefferson has 2,000 receiving yards this year. Can he? Yes, will he? No. That's a, that, there's too many mouths to feed on this offense for him to get 2,000. I think that's fair because I'm going to sell, but partly because I have a hard time how I'm going to feel if I buy and he gets it. Because if he has 2,000 yards, you could say, well, this team went off the rails like crazy because he's that good. Well, what if it means he's all we got? What if he has a tremendous season and, you know, it's it's just Kirk to JJ and I hope we score enough because, you know, PA talks about it all the time. Aaron Rodgers to Devontae was good up until a certain point. They got in the playoffs. They couldn't do it anymore. I think we're going to be better served if TJ, KJ, and J.A., Jordan Addison, have great years because it means you're spreading the ball around and they can't focus on one guy. The other reason I think selling is important is because until those other players do, defenses have to come in going, 
18 isn't beating us. Yep, exactly right. All right, so you can't beat us in terms of our number one. That's buy or sell. Our number two starts with PA. Feel like we're playing the initials game when you talk about the Vikes. Stick around. We'll be right back.